0: Today on the show, we're talking about owning your financial decisions. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and I'm joined with Trevor. And today we're talking about owning your financial decisions. But before we even get to that, let's talk about Frugality February. So any of our listeners who... And I maybe weren't with us last week or the week before when we introduced Rurality February. We've done this in the past and it is where you forego purchasing coffee or tea out for the whole entire month of February.
1: Yeah, so for me, this hasn't been hard so far because I I haven't been in a position where buying a coffee would have been an option. So I, I haven't been tested yet.
0: And uh, Trevor and I were we were asking each other kind of the the rules around uh, the this this kind of game, if you want to call it, around oh, what's what, what's allowed. So there's there's some kind of gray areas um, around um, being gifted a coffee or someone buying you a coffee without, you know, it. like yeah,
1: we'll admit they're kind of stuck on the point. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of stuck on the point whether somebody could gift you a coffee and it, it still falls into the rules and regulations of frugality. February. <laughs>
0: so if, if for any of our listeners who are wondering the same thing, Trevor and I will admit it, there's, there's a very gray area around that. And if, if you are going to accept that gray area, just, just try not to abuse it and, and we'll let it slide. Um, I
1: think standing outside of a coffee shop with your handouts <laughs> for, for handouts to raise money for coffee would, would be in violation.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and for any of your listeners and any new listeners who maybe are just tuning in today for the first time, it's never too late to hop on board our Frugality February. Or if you want to start next month and make it uh, Frugality March or Frugality April or wh- whatever you want to do, just just make that th- your month, challenge your friends, challenge your family, and um, yeah, just, just hop on board. So, Trevor, let's dive into today's episode on owning your financial decisions. So, I absolutely love um, this this concept in this episode, and for any of our listeners too, I am I'm a massive fan of I'll call it tough love. So, this this episode is we're not going to be your best friends during this episode. I think this 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 is kind of the what do you call it, Trevor? Like the, the kind of like I mean, tough maybe tough love? Is that appropriate?
1: Well, this is look in the mirror and. and it, At the end of the day, it comes down to you and you and only you. You're the one, you have one life to live, and this is it.
0: So, when we're actually talking about, we have a list of, Trevor's put together a list of five ways in which we can own our financial decisions. But, Trevor, when we're talking about the overarching concept of owning your financial decisions, how is it easy to not own your financial decisions? Why do we let the the ownership of our decisions fall away? I know I don't want to give too much away about your points, but why is this a why? Why are we dedicating a whole topic to discussing this?
1: Well, I think it's important to realize that you indecision is a decision in itself. So let's just say you've decided you you have you're in a house you can't really afford to be in. So you, you've bought a house you really can't afford, and it's it's killing you financially and you're delaying a decision to move out of this house you know you 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 haven't come to the conclusion that this is a bad idea well that is a decision to stay in that house so indecision is in fact decision so i, I think that's point number 1 and then that 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 is by not making a decision you if, if if you if you're not saving for your retirement that's a decision you've made it's it's not like you haven't people just think action is decision but it's not indecision is decision in itself
0: i absolutely love that because that speaks to how intentionally we must live and and if 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 we don't actually create a plan create a strategy if if we don't set anything intentionally in motion it, it, we won't achieve our goals and we, we won't really won't achieve we might be disappointed
1: well, and we've said this before in the podcast, the worst thing you can do is let life happen to you. Just just let life unfold on, on however it will randomly to you rather than you be deliberate and, and be decisive on, on how you're going to live your life. As in this podcast, we talk how you're going to live your life financially, but I think you can apply this to all aspects of your life, is be deliberate. M- make a decision. If you let things happen to you, you tend to be you know take the position of being a victim
0: no and you're right. and that's why our tagline has the word deliberate in it because that word when it's uh, f- focused around personal finance is so so important and and
1: and i want to say you can make you can make decisions by just following the masses like we talked last week you you can you can make subconscious decisions and it'll feel like you've made a decision but you're really just following what other people are doing and and calling that a decision when really it isn't it's just you're mimicking what other people are doing and don't don't even pretend that you've made a decision like the, the, that that's not there's no process behind that there's no uh concepts or or you know vetting going on you, you're just mimicking other people that's not a decision either
0: i absolutely love that point i'm glad you brought that up because it, it, i think it's important and in, in, in what you just said to to ensure that you're actually putting your own thought to, to kind of stop and and ask yourself is this is this some is this is this what i truly want to do or is this kind of the the, the mass appreciated thought so at that point is super critical
1: and the risk with mimicking other people is is you could have two people that work at the exact same company, have the exact same job, but their financial lives are completely different. And so maybe the income side's the same, but the expense side's different. Or maybe you, you live beside somebody who lives in the exact same house, they paid the exact same price, they drive the exact same car, but they work at a different job. So the, the inputs and the outputs are never going to be the same. So mimicking other people as a decision-making tool is disastrous
0: and again why you have to really create like you said deliberate choices and and own those decisions. And I want to go back to 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 um a few moments earlier and talk about kind of the phenomenon of owning your financial decisions and 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 you mentioned buying a home that you can't afford or or not saving uh, for retirement early enough or, or things like that that you look down upon yourself on like there is a lot or there can be a lot of, of shame and guilt and fear around how we feel about ourselves in those moments about the financial decisions we make and I think that can maybe lead us to why we maybe engage in some of the five um, things within this list we don't engage in them properly because we we are we're not proud of maybe where we are financially
1: well if you think of a uh- a bad decision, you know, a mistake or, or a decision you regret, that is a learning opportunity. That is an opportunity to say, wow, that didn't work out. Let's make a note of that and never go there again. So think of you, you just say you, you bought a house you can't afford young, early in your financial life. That's, that's great that you, you make that mistake early, then you'll never, you'll be so, cautious on buying your next home that you'll never overextend yourself because you know how that feels so you have to look at it in a positive light a decision that didn't work out well is is a great learning opportunity but you have to take it as a learning opportunity you have to you have to view it as i'm going to learn something from this you know i'm not just going to be miserable and bury my head in the sand and hope this goes away i want to learn from this and and even something small say you 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 signed up for a gym membership for a whole year and you turned out the gym wasn't your thing well being pretending it never happened or or you know being mad because they never gave you your money back and, and not learning from that you know don't sign up for long-term contracts if you didn't get that that message out of that then you're doomed to repeat it so whenever something goes wrong, just say, you know, what can I learn from this? What can I gain out of this bad situation? And, and if you, if you have that mindset or that mentality, and it really, it really means putting your ego on the shelf, right? You, you can't have an ego and learn, learn from your mistakes at the same time. So to me, that's, that's super. And if you can take it another step, if you can help somebody else not make the mistake you made even better,
0: So I'm not sure about any of our listeners, but that was a total mic drop moment. That was the example you provided. And and even one step, I want to kind of go over what you just said before your example you threw, because examples too were uh, resonating as well. But what you said to start off with, I think there's this massive mentality. I mean, you just kind of shook my world with what what you said there, because there's this massive mentality, I think, around how permanent um, decisions and permanent, irreversible, and Life-altering um, financial decisions can be. I mean, you threw out the biggest one of all—purchasing a home—and the fact that you you believe that there's there's a learning moment from that, as much as purchasing a, a year-long gym membership and, and not thinking it was a good fit for you. So, for you to for you to throw that out, saying no, you know what? That's that's something that you can simply just learn from. So it's it it makes it, it it makes the heaviness and the weight of your situation. Seem seem less heavy, I guess, and 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 also you do you have so numerous times that when when you're young you have the time um, to make I'll call it mistakes or to to take risks is what you say to take risks because you can recover and now with with what you said there it's kind of coming full circle and I'm finally kind of understanding how you are able to, to, to take risks because it's not, it's not always necessarily life altering, life changing and irreversible.
1: And you know, to have somebody in your, if you have a support person you can reach out to, and and if they, if they're offering you advice and the advice starts with don't do what I did, you sit down and get your notepad out and soak up as much of that as you can. There's a million people telling you, do what i do what i did do right there's there those, those people are and i'm not saying that's bad advice it, it it could be good advice if it worked out for them it might work out for you but if you find somebody who says i made a mistake and don't you make the same mistake i did you know cuz it was disastrous i'm all ears for that guy you know that that that's that's the you're going to learn more from that than the person that succeeded at something
0: because that person who succeeded it might have been it might have been accidentally
1: could have been yeah it could have been luck Yeah, His, their circumstances might be different than yours but someone who who something didn't work out for them you know total train wreck dumpster fire you know it, it couldn't have went worse that's where i'm listening and, and, and they're and willing not, to tell you
0: about it too they're willing yes. to, to put their your either ego aside their and, and 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 not suppress that they're willing to to let others learn from that like that's powerful
1: yeah so that's if you can get that advice from anybody i had a grandfather who would share that advice you know constantly and and, and he was a very successful man but he, he he clearly he made a lot of bad decisions in his life and he was more than happy to share those with anybody who would listen. And of course I was front and centered in that audience.
0: And this is the grandfather that we talked about last episode who had his glove compartment stuffed with credit card receipts and unpaid or or unrealized that they were there. So that kind of, it speaks volumes to maybe his financial road as well.
1: And you know, one of his words of advice for me was never get a credit card.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. No, seriously. Yeah. He said
1: they're, they're so dangerous. Nothing good will come from them. I listened to his story. I listened to uh, how, credit cards, you know, I, I won't say ruined his life, but made his life very difficult. And what I got out of that was, I, so I, I ended up with a credit card, but I, I understood how not to use one. Or, and that's what I got from and him. And how
0: dangerous it can be to, to, when it is used irresponsibly. So I, I, before we do dive into your five ways we can own our financial decisions, I want to backtrack to your example about the gym. That example resonates on so many levels. One, because I, I, I've i actually done that exact same thing I signed up for. Um, it was an eighth month uh, gym membership with the absolute best intentions of, of going to the gym with my best friend. Absolute good intentions. and i know that's a kind of a small example and i'm sure our listeners can apply that example to their lives in many ways but i want to kind of talk through that how did you so this is an eight month decision that you may have to make monthly payments on it every month it'll be staring in the face um, it's also a health-related uh, goal, so you may feel uh, bad about yourself that you're not actualizing on this uh, this once um, implemented goal. I mean, Trevor, talk us through how how do you how do you rationalize this? How do you how do you turn this into something that you can learn from, even though it is it's it's not over in a fl- in a flash second. And and then maybe this can be applied to kind of bigger examples. I mean, like a home as well. You're you left paying for that. But but the gym example specifically, how how do we how do we go through that?
1: So the the key is to not make it so specific that the the issue was gym membership. The part that went wrong with the de- decision wasn't that it was a gym membership. the 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 problem was it was a contract. It was a commitment for uh, a longer period of time than you had to commit to. So, given the choice in my in my life, and I've made the same bad decision too. Just I, I remember there's a racquetball club I joined, and the the deal for, for a year was dramatically better than the month-to-month price. So I signed up for the year and, and barely used it. So you're you hard-pressed to find anybody who hasn't made that mistake. But w- what I learned from that was is if I have the opportunity to test drive something on a month-to-month basis, I'm going to take that every time. And it, even I don't, I don't care even if it's – just say it's a, a new cell phone provider. If a month-to-month option is available, I'm going to test drive them as a provider of cell phone service. I know, I know I'm going to use a cell phone service, but I want to test them. So things that could go wrong with a gym membership is the gym could be packed every time you go there. The gym equipment could be old and not well-maintained the gym could smell really bad. <laughs> Who knows, right? But if I have the option to go month to month and test drive a service, I will do it every single time, even at a, an outrageous premium. And that, So if you're going to learn something from your gym membership thing, it's, it's not that the next time I think about going to a gym, I'm not going to sign up for a long period of time. It's the next time I'm, I'm given the alternative of month to month, or contract, I'm going to choose month to month every single time. So, th- if that's the learning from that event in your life, in me, th- that's what you should want to learn from that.
0: And and, and I, I like that. It's, it's, it's it goes bigger than the philosophy goes bigger than the gym membership. to more relatable to to other false facets of our life,
1: Trevor. I mean, now, it, now let's let's just say you you only learned not to sign up for gym memberships for a whole year. Just say that's all you got out of it. (laughs) You know, and just say, you know, you you had the blinders on and that's, that's what you're going to gain from it. Clearly you gain something from it. So I'm not going to take that away from anybody who, who stops there, but if you can peel it back another layer and say, how can I apply this to other aspects of my life? You'll be, you won't have to relearn that for some other organization you want to join.
0: So Trevor, you're speaking about this. I mean, pretty you sound rational you sound calm this has not happened to you directly right now but so if any of your listeners are wondering but Trevor is this how long has this taken to develop how long have it, it has taken you to really own your financial decisions to, to to take this kind of learning mentality away from it I mean is there any been any financial decision you've made that you've kind of kicked yourself in the butt for 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 days years weeks I mean or is this kind of something you've developed, you've owned, and, and, and you've just kind of like flourished with this, this mentality to, to, to make – when make, you make a decision, you kind of – you learn from it.
1: I – so I – me and my wife, we, we've been watching every dollar we spend since we met. So when you, when you monitor every single dollar, and we used to do it in just a, a handwritten ledger – and we'd summarize it at the end of the month with a calculator. So this is before computers. So if you are in the mindset of monitoring every dollar on a monthly basis, then you should be, you will have to reflect on your financial decisions on a regular basis. So we always, okay, I'll take this opportunity to say, everyone should have a budget. This is another reason why is it forces you to reflect on your, your bad financial decisions on a regular interval. So just say you sign up for a 12 month gym membership that you never use. You're going to have to stare at that gym membership expense every single month. That's going to eat away at you. That is going to just not. So every month you're going to say to yourself, never again, (laughs) you know, February, never again, (laughs) March, never again, (laughs) April, never again. Right. So that's but if you don't look at your your finances if you don't look at your bank statement if you don't look at your credit card statements if you don't have a budget where you look at your monthly expenses then this thing will just fade away like it never happened right you'll you won't go to the gym the money will you know automatically come out of your account and then when that tragedy ends you'll it's like it never happened right but if you look at your expenses on a regular basis this is where you 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 so you, every month you get to look at it and say Okay, how am I going to not do this again? And then, the, then when you're faced with this other opportunity to sign up for a whole year for some other service, you know, there's this thing that used to happen. I don't know if it still does. They they don't come to my door anymore. But people used to show up my door and they'd have this book of coupons, and they'd say, um, "How would you like to buy this th- this book of coupon, coupons for twenty dollars? It's got three hundred dollars worth of savings in it. Do you get that, or does that still exist? I don't know.
0: I, I I'm not sure."
1: So and it would be restaurants and stores and things. And, you, and I think, oh, wow, for twenty bucks, I I could save three hundred dollars. Who wouldn't do that, right? That's kind of that. Mean so I bought one of those once, <laughs> and I I don't I don't even think I saved twenty dollars, but that was. You just have to have a mechanism to reflect on your expenses. You have to a mechanism to reflect on your bad decisions, right? You you need something where you can see it on paper or on a computer screen to remind you, oh yeah, I don't want to do that again. So that's kind of how I arrive at that.
0: It always comes back to the budget. Always. It always does. Um, So Trevor, let's, let's dive into your five ways you can own your financial decisions. These are, this is a fantastic list. We'll have it in our show notes. You can refer back to it as well. But so let's just dive into number one. Number one is stop relying on somebody else to make your decisions. Have a support system.
1: So this is this is twofold. So you can't you can't make financial decisions, particularly significant ones, in a silo. You you can't you can't be by yourself making decisions and expect all of them to play out well. And have a support. So you can't rely on somebody else. So if you go to somebody and say, you know, sh- should I buy this sixty five thousand dollar truck? <laughs> of spot with me um they don't have to live with those truck payments right and it it's pretty shiny right and they might think well you you like shiny things (laughs) so why wouldn't you buy it right so a lot of times people will just tell you what you want to hear so you got to have a good support system but i say you some of the best decisions You 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 arrive at a good decision with a support system where you have a conversation, and a conversation. You're not don't ask somebody. You know, should I buy this truck, right? Because they're going to tell you a lot of times what they think you want to hear, and most people think you want to hear, yeah, buy that truck. You know, you'll love it. But I think what's important is is have a conversation. So sometimes when you say stuff out loud it all of a sudden, it doesn't make sense, right? You know, if you're having a conversation about a $65,000 truck you want to buy, well, just saying the word $65,000 out loud or a $1,200 truck payment out loud, you know, and you actually hear yourself say it, you go, whoa, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> My math must be wrong, right? That This this is crazy. So sometimes if you just hear yourself say it or, you know, you're in, in conversation about the $65,000 truck, you know, your, your friend might say, oh, yeah you could haul stuff around in it like dirt and, and manure <laughs> for your gardens or whatever and you can say well wait a minute I'm not putting you know dirt in the back of a $65,000 truck that'd be crazy <laughs> right and you start to talk about how how you're going to use this thing and it starts to sound more and more like a car right so then you start to realize <laughs> you know how I feel about these trucks but then you start to realize you know I don't think I want this thing anymore you know I, I think uh honda civic might fit (laughs) fit the bill here right so um but you you get the feeling where if so don't have somebody else make your decision don't ask somebody else and then just if somebody says yeah buy that truck and then you buy it and you, you think well this is a disaster but 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 have a support system and the support system is not you know you're not you're just saying okay I have I asked ten people and seven of them said yes therefore I'll buy the truck right that that's a that's take a bad take a that's not a support system a support system is is people you can have a con- a conversation with people who who you can talk openly about your decisions and and they're not going to judge you so don't rely on other people to make your decision right you know like like a score sheet but you can't do this in a silo you you will and the the other thing is is with your support system, you want a a good variety of people. So you want people who have had some life behind them and have made some of these decisions and maybe some mistakes. I have this thing you can't afford you you, you will have to make some mistakes on your own, but you can't afford to make them all on your own. You're going to have to rely on if if you if you were to make all the mistakes that everybody else made, you you will probably be in financial ruins. You need to learn from. From the people around you, the people that have been down this road before you, to some degree. You're not going to learn all of them, but you're going to learn, you have to learn some of them.
0: So I love, I love that you included a way to have a support system is to simply have a conversation. And and I'm assuming everyone listening to this has one or two individuals in their life that they feel they could have um, a conversation with. And I like this because that individual doesn't have to be, um, very intimately involved in their, their own personal finances, um, to, to be able to provide maybe some insight. And, 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 a conversation like you said is simply just kind of having the person trying to make the decision, really kind of think about things they haven't thought about before, play devil's advocate, um, in a sense. So I, I love that. The sports to be very, very simple. But still, like you said, if you're making a decision, it's your decision. You have to live with the the consequences or the, the benefits of that decision and, 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 and really and really internalize that decision as your own.
1: And another one is 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 don't don't just go to the people you know are gonna give you the answer you want. So I have some, I have a circle of uh, geeky iPhone friends I called them. And, and <laughs> do they know, do geek- they
0: know you call them that?
1: No, they don't. <laughs> good, good call. But um, we just, you know, st- stand around to talk about iPhones and all the new features and speculate about the new iPhone. So I'm not going to those people and saying, you know, should I get the new iPhone when it comes out? Because they're all saying, yeah. what are you talking about? You're not? Is that a question? Right? So, So those, be selective, right? So Don't go. So I mentioned where I work. Everyone, it's just a park. It's just the parking lot's a sea of of trucks, right? (laughs) So that's a bad place to go and say, should I buy a truck, (laughs) right? (laughs) So obviously they're all going to say yes, right? So be be selective or make sure you get. For instance, if I'm going to go and ask people about a phone, maybe. I should include those truck people and the phone people, right? You know what I mean. Get get a good rounded, well, and maybe touch base with some my my parents. They a, a an iPhone means nothing to them. They have one, but they don't really geek out about it like I do. So they they would good people that you know have the conversation with too. So, I, and here's another one: is if you think of some of the big financial decisions you're going to make in life. I wanted to go over these before we hit the list, but I can do it now. So. It, it it's your job. That's a financial decision, right? Because it's your income. Uh, it's where you live. It's, it's, it's what you drive. And, and it's, it's the things you do that are, are like a habit or you do every day. So those, those are the kind of the, the four things. So asking people, you know, should I take this new job? That's the hardest one because you only, you're the one who has to go and get up and every day and go to your existing job, which you might hate. Or, or roll the dice and go to this new job that may or may not work out. So that that's a really hard one, and that's the one I I'm gonna say. Even if you ask your coworkers, because they work at the same place you work, you know, sh- should I take this new job? They they're not bearing the risk. You know, there's a lot of risk taking a new job, right? It may or may not work out. It it may be worse than the job you're leaving, right? So it's that's the hardest one. In fact, I don't even know if there's anybody you, you could ask. And the problem is most people make that decision on that job based on their income needs, not, not on their passion or or excitement or enthusiasm for a new job opportunity, but it's purely money driven. And, and so that one, I, I think you really need to you need to talk to a lot of people on that one. And you have a big support circle, but at the end of the day, that that's probably the hardest decision you'll make.
0: And Trevor, I mean, you talk about these very freely now that the, and in a sense that it's, it's kind of, you've probably made a couple of decisions yourself. You've lived with these decisions, but for anyone who's maybe switching their job for the first time for kind of taking that big leap and, and purchasing their first home, I mean, these financial decisions, they're, they're big and, and, but at the same time, do you apply the same kind of logic that, like we said, discussed in the beginning of the episode, that, um, that things, if, if we do make a mistake, it's not the end of the world?
1: Well, you know, when, so where I work, when, say, somebody got fired, right? They got terminated. It, it just didn't work out for them. And people always say it worked out for them. They ended up with another job, and they're, they're quite happy. Well, unless the person passes away it always works out right so all, all these financial decisions uh, unless you end up declaring bankruptcy they all end up working themselves out right uh, unless it require it, it ends in your in a fatality right uh, someone's death or, or or it 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 works out it, these are just learning opportunities is a way to look at it
0: no i, I love that i really love that so let's move on to point number 2 and your second way that you can own your financial decision is realizing that small decisions can have big impacts and that you should always keep the end in mind.
1: This is where we we've, we've been on podcasts on this where y- you have to have a plan. You have to so I had a plan of of being financially independent at age 55. So that that was a a pretty bold plan but it it was a a plan I've been working toward my whole life and it's not like I you need a goal, a plan, an objective, a financial one in your life. Otherwise you're just aimlessly floating along and wherever life takes you, you happen to go there. Well, a little bit of that in your life is good, but too much of that. And you'll, you'll, you'll probably end up in, wake up one day in a place you're not really happy with. So having an end in mind. So and we did this last year. So, So if, if you want something nobody else has, you have to be willing to do something nobody else does. So, you you can apply this to every aspect of your life. But the, the the little things you do every day, they 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 add up so much. They they have such an impact on the big picture. And people tend to not make decisions around those. They tend to just just let those things happen in the background. And those those are as important as the one off big purchase. In fact, sometimes just say you go on these random vacations every couple of years and they cost like $10,000. Well, the the little things you do every day, like buying a lunch every single day or uh, but, having a cable package that costs $200.
0: Or buying your coffee and, every single day.
1: or but Yeah, even buying a coffee. All these little monthly or weekly or daily expenses, those are little mini decisions that... Over the course of 10 years, that, that's a big number. Those things really add up. So if you have an end in mind, if, if, you, if you have a financial plan that you're working, then make sure your, your daily habits, which are in essence decisions, are aligned with that plan. So that, that's point number two is, is the little, I'll, I'll call them habits. Your habits are little mini decisions you're making every day that are affecting you financially.
0: So this point speaks volumes to how intentional you should be living your life, and and how having that that big end goal in mind at all times as this kind of journey towards the that directs your journey is to to financial success. I mean, I, I I think we always do say we always speak to how important kind of developing that that, that long goal, whether it's financial independence, like yourself, Trevor, at age 55, that is really the guiding and rooting, rooting, um, energy that, that keeps you, because do you, you don't think, or maybe correct me wrong, but do you think you could have achieved your goal? You're almost, you're, you're going to be, uh, 55 in as soon. Do you think you could have achieved that goal if you didn't have that goal so hardly cemented in your mind? Do you think, would you have succumbed to making maybe decisions that would have supported you achieving this goal if, if it wasn't this this is this over over um coming profounding goal
1: well i just knew that i wanted something most people don't want or don't really think about early financial independence and i knew i couldn't do what everybody else was doing and still get there and here's another example i i quite often go back to health on the podcast here because i i think there's a correlation there you can kind of the the two are kind of relatable typically as people get older they tend to get heavier they gain weight and this happens because they keep doing what worked in their the, the diet they had in their 20s and they're probably more active in their 20s you tend to have a higher metabolic rate in your 20s if you try doing that in your 50s you know continuing on with that same fast food diet and you you just your body, it evolves, it changes. You can't keep doing what, so if everybody else is kind of gaining weight as they get older, it's just this natural progression. And by the time you're, you're in your fifties, you're, you're maybe 15 or 20 pounds overweight. If most people fit that bill and you don't want to be that person, then you're going to have to do something different, something radical, something radically different. So if everyone's working until they're 65 and you don't want to, you're going to have to live a radically different life. And it's going to be the the small things you do every day, every day, every week, every month. That, that Those are the the things that are going to have as much an impact as, as the big decisions. So let's
0: move on to point number three and your third of five points about how to own your financial decisions is don't adopt the victim mentality. If you do, you become powerless.
1: And this one is probably the most important. So if... Remember, I said a bad financial decision is is a learning opportunity, and it it can only be a learning opportunity if, if you let it. But if you truly believe that life has dealt me a bad hand, and therefore I can't succeed, and I'm not so I want to preface this by saying there truly is victims out there, and I don't want to undermine somebody who who is a financial victim of some horrible crime or or horrible event. It, they do it does exist but for most people they claim the victim when really it was their own undoing right they they did this to themselves so let's just say you bought a house you can't afford and that house needs some repairs and you end up borrowing the money to put in new windows or put on a new roof and then your car breaks down you have to buy another car and you you borrow money to do that before you know it, your your credit is completely exhausted and uh, some other event shows up in your life, and you 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 can't get any more credit. You can't put a new roof on your house or or buy a new fridge. You're 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 completely out of money, and these people will will come across and say, you know, poor me, I I can't afford a new fridge. You know, c- can you loan me some money? Right so that 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 that's an event that could unfold. So it if you. If you don't believe that you made a bad decision to end up in that place, if, if you don't believe that you caused this to happen, right? So people tend to focus on the, the most recent event that showed up in their life that's costing them money and, and, and call victim on that. But you had to make decisions to end up in that place. You you had to have made mistakes to end up in a position where you can no longer get any credit, you can't borrow any more money, you've got no savings that didn't just happen to you. You created that. And if you don't own that, if you just say, poor me, my fridge broke down. I can't afford a new one. Uh, can somebody help me? And you come across like a victim, then you'll get your new fridge and you'll move on and keep making those bad decisions or not correct, you know, meaning get out of this house you can't afford decision. And you'll just keep being the victim. And people get tired of that after a while. People If, if everybody else looks at your situation and doesn't think you're a victim, you're going to run out of help, right? People are going to stop coming to your aid. So I think it's important that when, when your life goes financially bad, don't play the victim card, look in the mirror and say, what decisions have I made that got me here? And how can I fix this?
0: That's powerful. And, and to the second half of this point, um, you said if, if you become if you do adopt the victim mentality, you become powerless and flipping on that on its head when, when you take ownership of your decisions, like you're saying, you become more you're powerful, you feel more in control. you feel like you have the ability to change um, the situation you're in and and, and and learn from it like you're saying. So I think that the whole mentality shift is is powerful and, and, and really changing where you are right now if, if you don't like where you are.
1: So this is pretty extreme, but let's just say you weren't able to make your car payments and your car got repossessed. And let's just say you decided you're a victim, right? Somebody repossessed my car. And now I can't get to work. I, I can't believe this happened to me. and and if you truly believe that that this is you know this happened to you, and you go out and buy another car you can't afford to make the payments on, like you really are powerless to fix this, right? You, if you really, if you don't think that maybe I bought a car I can't afford and you just go out and buy that same Mercedes and you still can't make the payments, you know, six months later and they repossess it, like you, you have no chance of, of fixing this. you you'll, you'll just keep becoming powerless to your situation.
0: It, it kind of, it, looking at it that way, it kind of turns off the tap to your kind of creative thought thought process of coming up with um, ideas, solutions. solutions. Yeah. You kind of just, you kind of just step back and it, it, you just shut it off, put up a wall and shut it off.
1: Yeah. If you are powerless to your financial situation, then correcting it becomes impossible.
0: So uh, let's let's move on to point number four. And this is the second last point of owning your financial decision. Are these points in any order? I should have asked.
1: Um, possibly yeah, a little bit, a little bit of order here, I think.
0: All right. So number four then is have a flex, have a process, but be flexible. Predict, predictable, predictable outcomes start with reliable inputs. Oh, I love that. That's so, that's, that's catchy. Yeah.
1: So having a process is, I think for me, so I start to look at a, a financial decision. For instance, I want to downsize my house. So that's a financial decision I have to make. So I'm looking at this, and I start to measure the the I ve- just in my mind. I'm I'm starting to weigh the pros and cons, right? Just the the dollars and cents. You know, the 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 property tax on this place is kind of high. I'm heating a a, a house. I really a larger space than I need to heat. There's a, there's a lot more roof to replace on this. So I I start adding up all the financial things with a larger home, and I I start weighing those against. The, you know, the it just I look at them as just pure savings. Uh, I really like my neighborhood. You know, that's kind of a not a financial number, but I I I like the neighborhood I live in. So I start sort of weighing the some financial data against non-financial data and just just a feeling, and then I start having a conversation with with people who are in my age group, and I and I sort of talk through. You know, you give any thought to downsizing, and some people say no, and I'll ask why, and some people say yes and I'll ask why. And some people I'll talk to people who have already downsized and ask them how they feel about that. But you get the feeling my my process involves a lot of conversations. Talking to a lot of people, it's not a spreadsheet where I just pound in numbers and, and, and run graphs and, and analysis. That that's not a process. That that is a a tool. That is part of the process. That is something that's an input. But but I what I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll keep a I call it a journal, but it's really just something on my phone. And I'll just sort of keep a record of conversations I've had with people who, and particularly people who have, you know, I'll say downsized their home and things they didn't like about it or things they did like about it. And I'll just sort of keep little bullet points, notes about how people have felt. So I don't have to revisit this conversation over and over. But my process is conversations with people who, so it's, People who are in my same position, so they're empty nesters with a, a large house. There's people who are uh, have already made this decision. There's and in in those there'll be two groups of people. There'll be the people who who so the people who are in my position who don't want to downsize, and the people who are in my position who do want to downsize. And then there's people who who are older than me who who did downsize, and the people who didn't downsize. So I've got like sort of four. groups categories of people i'm talking to conversations asking them you know how they arrived at their indecision or their decision and that's kind of uh my process but i'm flexible in that i'm not here's an example so i when i buy a used car I, i have a friend who buys used cars as well he's a big fan of used cars but his is a pure mathematical formula he looks at the year of the car the kilometers and the price and and he has a formula where he there's a ratio and it's it's the best number wins and for me things have to pass the smell test i have to actually drive that car all those numbers could add up but somebody could have just drove the crap out of that car for you know for however long they had it and it and it just drives like junk so you you even if you have a process you have to be flexible in the end to I, I call it the smell test. It has to, all the analytics in the world, it still has to pass the eye test. You know, does this make sense? And conversations, saying things out loud, a process should be very fluid. So it, you probably have a different process for different financial decisions in your life.
0: So I, I know this, this, your, your process you've developed for, for, for various things. You, you threw it a car or a home. Um, they're not they're not very, like you said analytical or or, or mathematical based, but have you always had a, a, a process for things um, your your whole kind of adult life or is this some or is, is having this kind of tangible process something that you've just developed recently with maybe um, bigger decisions or, or or I guess my real question is what advice do you have for younger listeners who are deciding how to develop their own process for deciding? Um, decisions, making financial decisions?
1: Well, for me, unfortunately, uh, my financial dis- decision, it started out with no process, right? I just started out just buying things cause they were shiny <laughs> and, and, and then, then regretting it. Right. And, and then circling back and saying, you know, why did I come to this decision to buy this VCR <laughs> if they don't exist anymore, but it was a, you know, or, or, or a TV I couldn't really afford. And how did I arrive at that decision? And I I started it with no process and a lot of regret and evolved. And every time I made a decision uh, and I, that I regretted, I would develop a process to not, to, to be more, you know, analyze this a little deeper the next time I, I crossed this road. So I, I didn't, for instance, it, with a process, I think you also need a philosophy.
0: Oh, I like and, that.
1: Yeah. And, and so, for instance, with technology, everyone knows I, I got this iPhone crazy thing and Bluetooth earbuds. <laughs> but you know, one of my philosophies on technology is I am plus behind... One? No, No, no. <laughs> that, that is a philosophy, but that's not mine. <laughs> but my philosophy is to stay just behind the curve. So to be an early adopter in technology is outrageously expensive. And the first version of, of technology tends to, you know, come with flaws and... It really, it's a beta that you're testing for the manufacturer. So when that first iPhone came out, there was no app store. I mean, it was pretty limited compared to what it does today. And that's because they wanted people to use it and then give them feedback on what they wished it could do. Well, I want to be in that next group. That's part of the the solution of what this thing could do. And now it does. So I think having a process also means having a philosophy and you have to, again, be flexible with your philosophy, but, but stick to it when, and if you don't, you're, you're likely going to regret it. So I like to be behind the curve on technology. So for instance, whatever the latest iPhone is, I don't even pay attention what the latest one is. I'm buying not the second iPhone, but the third iPhone, you know, so I'm buying three back and that those phones tend to be almost half the price of the latest phone. So that that's kind of my an example of how i have a philosophy but let's just say they came out with a completely radical version of something i mean it was just like night and day they just completely flipped the table and then the new version is is not even although it has the same name it's not even the same phone i may be flexible and say you know what I could really utilize all those new features on that latest piece of technology. I may, I may, choose to, you know, circumvent my philosophy and buy this latest phone because it's going to meet a, a serve a, a need in my life. So, th- that's an example where you need to be flexible, but you need a, 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 a process and a philosophy if if you want to succeed.
0: So I I like that that the philosophy element because. As like making financial decisions, you kind of have keep your end goal in sight at all at all times, and that's what guides your financial decisions. So at the same time, uh, you can kind of take a one step back and and develop this a philosophy for for making kind of. A process for making those decisions, so it's kind of this very fluid, but all in line um, decision. So again, if you look at your iPhone example, you don't buy your philosophy for for that specific process. You don't buy the latest model. Why don't you buy the latest model? is because that wouldn't be in line with your financial and financial goal of, of, of retiring at age 55 or semi-retiring at age 55. So it, it really all nicely nestles inside each other. And, 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 and one is so directly correlated to the other.
1: Here's a good example of, of where I've had to be flexible. So when I, where I used to live in, it was in a, in a larger city. Real estate was basically you could do square footage of a house and the price and decide if there was if, if that was a value, good value or not, right? You, you, you do the square footage and the price and compare it to in the same neighborhood you, you could you could figure out if you were getting good value for your money in a house. Well, I moved to this small town I live in, and I adopted that exact same philosophy when I moved here. And I was oblivious to the price of houses. and this is a uh, a retirement community I live in and it turns out that bungalows so a single story house is there's a premium that people are willing to pay for those in this house and it's because of the older population they don't want a lot of stairs well i was looking at real estate prices and, and thinking wow that that house that bungalow is really bad value right why would anyone buy that i could get this two story for almost the same price just maybe just a little bit more and I, I, so I used the same philosophy square footage to dollars to determine whether a real estate purchase was value, a good value or not in this small town. Well, 20 years later, I'm going to sell my house. Well, I knew this shortly after I bought my house that that philosophy was flawed and I was not flexible that I didn't, you know, peel back the onion and say, maybe there's some reason these bungalows are going for a premium. I, I didn't give that any consideration. I just put the blinders on and use the same thing that had been working for me in the past. Well, it didn't work in this town. So I ended up, I needed, I had a large family, so I needed a larger home. So it, it worked out, but I I think, so bungalows go up at a, at a, a faster rate than two stories in this town. So the value you were going to get in the bungalow, it, it they continue to hold their value 20 years later, even more so than a two story. So That is an example of where I was inflexible with my house buying philosophy. And I don't know if I ended up with a house I needed because I had a large family, but had I not had a large family, had I just been me and my wife moving to the small town and, you know, looking at those bungalows and saying, well, those people are out of their minds. They're, they're, they're asking too much for those houses, given the size of them. I I would have, I would have been wrong. So that's, that's a, a real world example.
0: That's a phenomenal example, but about the true value of flexibility. So Trevor, I want to move on to your final and fifth point about how to own your financial decision. And number five, I really like this one is don't keep score. Your past will determine your future if you let it.
1: So this is where if you choose not to learn from your gym membership decision that you made, if you choose not to take that as a learning experience, and you keep score, and you just say, you know, uh, here's the one that kills me. People say I'm bad with money. And oh that,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: if you say you're bad with money, guess what? You're right. You're going to be bad with money. And but just accepting that as a outcome for you, is it, it drives me crazy. Like I just, it, you you have to. Life is full of learning opportunities. If you let it be that, it, not just with money, but everything in life, if you let your relationships with people be a learning opportunity. If you let your health decisions be a learning opportunity rather than just, just become a victim. I, I, I'm a fan of, of not keeping score. So just because for instance, that that housing decision, I, I'm going to say I made a mistake, right? So I'm a, I've, I'm not going to say I'm just bad at buying houses. You know, I just make bad house buying decisions all the time, right? Or even with, just say I bought a $65,000 truck. Say I just lost my mind and I said, you know what? That thing is shiny as can be. I want one of those. Well, just saying, so I work with people and they say, oh, I'm a truck guy, right? That's what a lot yeah. of people work, say I'm a truck guy. Once I buy a truck, you're a truck guy. Well, and if, if you let yourself be that person, that person that that just uh, I make bad decision and, and I just I just can't buy houses. I just I can't just can't buy cars. I just make. Let it be a learning opportunity. Let your past not dictate your future. Let your past guide your future. In that you learn from this. In fact, every time I make a mistake, I think what an opportunity. I, I I know I'll never make this mistake again. But if you've done something and had success, what I often do is say. I wonder if I just got lucky. You know, I wonder if I like, for instance, I'm in a great neighborhood. I have great, I've, I've had great neighbors for 20 years and I can, I, I can run around saying, you know, I can pick a neighborhood like nobody's business. Right. But I, I know I didn't even look at my neighbors when I moved into this house. I never looked at who lived next door or who lived behind me. I just lucked out and I know I did. So I have no idea how to pick a neighborhood so that worked out, but I'm not pretending I know how to do that. But I do know that when I make a mistake, I I, I learn something from that. So I learn nothing about picking neighborhoods. So I, I know I have no knowledge there. I just lucked out. But I do know that using square footage and price to buy houses is flawed, right? So I know that. Here's another one is buying used cars. I've been buying used cars for a while. I like to. Th- I used to think I was getting lucky. You know, first used car, you know, had it for 10 years. That worked out well. Next one, I think I had it for like eight years. That worked out well. Not much repairs. I, I used to think I, I'm just lucky. But as time goes on, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe time has tested this. And maybe I've got something here where I'm good at it. The problem is if you, if you keep making right decisions and you keep working out the only true test of that will be time. Whereas if you make a mistake and you learn from it, you, you don't need time. You can learn from that right away.
0: Oh, I love that. That's that's the total, that's another mic drop moment of this episode, That's at that point might be my favorite. So Trevor, that is brings us to the end of your list of five ways we can own our financial decisions. And on that note, that brings us to the very end of our episode today on Own Your Financial Decisions with Trevor's list of five ways you can own your financial decisions, which will, again, be in our show notes for your review. Um, Good luck on another week of Frugality February. May the non-buying powers within you be strong of coffee and tea out. Uh, We'll check in with you next week. Um, to see how your this week has been going, um, and until then, keep it simple.